from tiktok yeah just imagine him singing like the power to be the power to see yeah yeah suddenly i see <laughs> i don't know i want him to do the like i love my favorite needle drop in this is uh jump by madonna i'd love to hear that roger guy from tiktok being like are you ready to jump <laughs> yes just take my hand i wonder if he's done that i, I could totally hear him doing that Doing like a total like uh, Andy Sachs montage. Yes. That's what the people want. Or what they demand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you ready to start this thing? Let's do it. Hi, I'm Nikki Jensen. And I'm Brie Picconi. And we're Late Late to to the the Party. Party. A weekly podcast with two best friends who are still mentally in 2002. That's right. (laughs) We stay in 2002. Deal with it. We do. Except today we are going to 2006. True. Where were you in 2006, Brie? Ooh. Well, I mean, probably in school. <laughs> I know where I was. Yeah? On this bean bag. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I am sitting on a shag PBT hot pink bean bag. Honestly, and it survived all this time. It's amazing. I'm glad you kept this bean bag. It's... It's a statement piece, you know? It is. It's like chic. Can I say something? I've yeah. always been jealous of your bean bag. Really? I always wanted one. I've never had a bean bag, so. Like ever? Not even one of those like crappy Walmart bean bags? I don't think, I don't want to say I wasn't allowed to have a bean bag because that sounds lame, but like, I don't know. I was afraid to ask. I thought Matt would be like, that's not real furniture. You can get a bean bag now, Brie. I can't. No one's going to stop me. Get, live your beanbag dreams yeah but yeah so what's well brie yeah did you see emma chamberlain on hot ones i did okay what are your thoughts on her because i'm like i know we are young millennials zillennials if you will so like we're on the cusp but emma chamberlain is a gen z icon right and also my latest like obsession like we talk about like lack of it girls Mm. and she's the it girl of our times besides zendaya which is very odd to compare the two but what are your thoughts on emma chamberlain brie okay so well to be honest before like before this episode i haven't i i've heard of her and i've seen her in places i know she was on the red carpet like I saw her, like, interviewing, like, the Kardashians and stuff. And I was like, who is this girl? I keep seeing her popping up. The Jack Harlow meme? Yeah. And I just, I didn't really understand. But then after I watched the Hot Ones episode, and I also saw her architectural digest, like, I'm just, like, intrigued by her. And, like, I feel like she's, she seems like a really cool person to hang out with. Like, and you've been telling me, you're like, oh, she reminds me of you. And now I get it, like, because of her aesthetic and that, I don't know. The kind of artsy fartsy stuff she's into, but um, I don't know. On hot ones, she was really she cracked me up because she was like so pumped. She was like, "I've already done this. I did this at home with all the sauces." And she's like, her confidence like was up here, and I was like, "Yes." Which like I've always wanted to do the hot ones challenge. Nikki, Just we like should we should like why not? I mean, I know like you know when we go to pho and like. There's too many jalapenos in the soup. Uh-huh. 
like I'll start to cry. So I'm very curious if I'll make it to the last dab. But same. I mean, I love spicy, but I'm not really like 100% sure if I can make it like. I mean, sriracha is spicy to me. Mm. Is that normal? Or is that like, what's, what tolerance? What Scoville is sriracha? I don't know. I feel like it's probably low-ish, <laughs> but it's definitely higher than like a Texas Pete, you know, or like a Cholula. Maybe it goes together with, I feel like Cholula is hotter than you would think. I don't know. Cholula gets me. <laughs> Frank's Red Hot? Frank's Red Hot. It's like the mild one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, creating our own Scoville scale out here. No. Meta, yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, I'm just really impressed by Emma Chamberlain. Yeah, how do like okay, she has like, well, she's like a fashion icon, right? Kind of. I mean, and we in the day and age where we call everything iconic, sure. I do love like her. She was wearing those Loewe like scram not scrambled eggs, but like egg heels. Yes, so good no those looked really cool i loved her whole outfit but like yeah i feel like she's becoming a style icon yeah that makes sense but doesn't she also has a coffee company she does which i'm so intrigued by same i'm like i low-key want to try her coffee i do too and it like the two i want to try out are sold out i want to try there's like a otter cake batter one oh or birthday cake one and then there's like a vanilla one and i really want to try them so, if anyone's listening for Christmas ideas, you know, <laughs> look at you. I know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just, like, told my boyfriend I wanted a mini trampoline, and he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, mm, <laughs> we'll see. But coffee? I mean, I mean, that's doable. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else of the moment? Um. Well, I've been, like, kind of on a Julia Fox, like rabbit hole on tiktok um i don't know just all of a sudden i was just scrolling on tiktok and then bam julia fox is talking directly to me <laughs> from her room just with like, her bleached eyebrows with her bleached eyebrows i was like wait i did a double take i was like is this julia fox is she talking to me straight out the bath so yeah she's like straight like she's like just gets out the bath you know hair dripping wet bleached eyebrows and she's like talking like real talk you know or at least in julia fox speak i don't know she's been like saying tons of crazy things but i love her crazy or iconic iconic (laughs) like i you were showing me julia fox tiktoks and like her um interview with zuway and i'm just like she speaks to my soul she does she does no she was like talking about being italian um i don't know people just being racist i guess with her and her hairy self which i find that very interesting Mm -hmm. like i never got that growing up but i mean you know she's like actually italian american and like i'm like fourth generation italian american Mm -hmm. but still i never got that growing up but then i went to college and then you know like i've been like under the impression that i've been white my entire life yeah but then i get to college and then some people are like well, a lot of people are like, you're white and you're a white girl. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. But then like there'll be like people that come out of the woodwork and be like, Italians aren't white. You're not white enough. Yeah. The but nerd. then but they'll say in the same breath, like they're the same people who will definitely flip it and be like, Well, you're just white. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. 
don't know. I don't get it. It's stupid, I think. Yeah. I think everything's stupid. I like, so what? I feel like Joy Behar. I'm like, so what? Who cares? Like, <laughs> who is also Italian-American? Is she? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. I know I liked her. <laughs> so what? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, I love Julia Fox's take on aging. Same. I, she speaks the truth. She's like, aging is in. <laughs> Sorry. As you turn up a thousand. Aging <laughs> is in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. But, like, I loved her. Um, I feel like we need to, like, insert. Like a clip of her. Julia yeah. Fox about, like, turning 27 and her, like, crying. crying. Why did that speak to me so much, too? I was like, no. Yeah, like, she talks about, like, when she turned 27, like, she literally cried because she couldn't say she was in her mid-20s anymore. And as a person that's recently happened to, I felt I felt that in my core. Yeah. I almost cried again. I was like, I feel same. But, like, I feel like being in your 20s, mm-hmm. like, during the pandemic, too, like, I feel like we lost a whole year of our 20s that we can't get back. I so I feel like we need to somehow get it back. I agree with that because, like, it did steal, like, a year of our twin. You know, like, you think about, like, kids going to school and how it must be hard for them. But, like, it's hard out here in your 20s. The developmental years. Yeah. Just like, like Andy Sachs and the Devil Wars Prada. And they're supposed to be, like you know the confusing times like ups and downs and you're figuring yourself out if you're at home doing nothing you can't you can't figure nothing out and you can't get your 20s back this is the one you're most youthful they say and vibrant and like they took a year away that's just so we need a refund (laughs) don't be fucking rude like kim kardashian exactly insert that clip too that's how i feel right now (laughs) but but yeah now i feel her i feel like but then on the other side, she does talk about she is 30 now. Yeah. And how, like, she, like, looks forward to aging. We haven't gotten that far yet. We have not. <laughs> so, but no, but that gives me hope. Yeah. It gives me hope. And I know 30 is not old, but I feel like the moment you cross over into, like, the late 20s threshold or mid-20s threshold, I don't know. Like, there's just so much pressure to have this this youthfulness i don't know mm-hmm. and to have your life together <laughs> and i feel like julia fox is actually our it girl of of the moment mm-hmm. like i feel like she's actually like doing something very interesting and she's trying to be iconic like she's doing it for the girls yeah and the gays and i feel like this whole like revival of indie sleaze and this bringing back of, like, the party girl aesthetic and, like, being a mess. I'm here for that so much because it's crazy to act like we have it all together. Like, it's not even fun. Right? Like, be messy. I'm all for this. I Yeah. No, I agree. Be messy. Yep. That's <laughs> my goal for 2023. Let's be messy. But what were you going to say? I was just, like, I love, like, hearing her talk about, like, well, because you know she dated Kanye West. And, you know, he's, like, canceled now or whatever. But it's, like, it was so funny to hear her talk about it because she's just, like, yeah, I did this, you know, whatever. He was texting me. And then she's, like, yeah, I was friends with Kim. I, You know, I just wanted to get 
get him off her back or something. And I was just like, this is hilarious. Just like the perspective. She was like, it wasn't that deep, you know, like. So relatable. Yeah. I mean, it's like, eh, you know, it happened, whatever. They they had good talks, I guess. But she was like, yeah. And then I was out. He started tweeting and then I was like, okay. I feel like she's so savvy, though. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like she knew what she was doing dating Kanye. Right. Yay. Yeah. I'm like, it wasn't really to get him, like, get him off Kim's back, or was it just, like, a move, you know? It's to be iconic. It's to be, like, yeah, that's the move. I don't I know. I mean, also, if he's sliding in your DMs, if he's messaging you, yeah, like, a light bulb went off in Julia Fox's head. Why wouldn't she take that? Why wouldn't anyone take that? So if Kanye slipped into your DMs, Nick, yes. <laughs> you would yes. be like, yeah, all right, bet. Yes, because also, if you date Kanye, you get a makeover. Yeah. Oh, maybe you could have bleached eyebrows. Yeah, but it happened to Kim Kardashian. Her style got infinitely better when she started dating Kanye. Hmm. And then it elevated Julia Fox's profile, and it elevated her style, too. Hmm. I'm not saying he's a genius behind her, like, like graphic eye or, like, her crazy outfits. But I think it was the start of that, and I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, you make a good point. <laughs> when Kanye DMs you, just say yes. Which, you know, Julia Fox's eye makeup is so crazy to me because it does look like... Remember that SNL sketch where Jim Carrey is spoofing uh, Black Swan? Mm, yeah. It kind of does re- resemble that. It's a little haphazard. It's like, I don't know. But I love it, though. I love that it's bold and just kind of, like, that's it. She's just She doesn't really do, like, a lot of, like, face, you know, like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't want to just compare her to Kim Kardashian. I'm just trying to think who else. It's very editorial. Yeah, it's more editorial. I like it. You too. Yeah. Would you rock it? Yeah, I'd try it, you know? I don't know if it would look as good on me. I'd probably look even crazier because she's got such good bone structure. I'm like, and I don't know. I feel like I have a pea head. I don't know if the liner, I don't know how big I can make this liner. I don't know. You have a pea head, <laughs> but you also have great cheekbones. Thanks. So. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'll try it, Nick, and get back to you. I mean. Yeah, try it. I mean, Brie, <laughs> you don't need... You can have a pea head and rock a graphic eye. <laughs> They're not like, yeah. But how graphic? <laughs> like how big? Can I go? Well, you'd have to make it to the shape of your face. You have to make it work for you. Mm. I might need your help, Nick, because okay. you're really good at eyeliner. So I also have a pea head, though. <laughs> I know. Not as pea head as you, but a little bit pea head. Oh, you're like a baby pea. I'm like a. A big P. <laughs> oh, but you rock it so well. I don't know. Ditto. Do you have a square shaped face? This is like <laughs> a, a tangent. I'm just curious now. I don't know. I think it's like a circle and a square. <laughs> I wouldn't say you have a round face. It's not though. really. I don't know what it is. It's supposed to be a heart, like a little. Wait, you have a heart shaped face? Yeah. I have a heart shaped face. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you say like. It's, yeah. Or is it round or oval? No, definitely not. And definitely not oval. No. It's a heart. Yeah, because you're... you're I got the point. Go, you go like this. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Wait, so. let me look at your face. I mean, my chin's a little more 
People are like, what is going on? I know, sorry. You can edit <laughs> this part out. Wait, wait, wait. Smile? <laughs> it's a square or a heart? It's a squirt. It's a squirt. <laughs> that sounds horrible. That really does. I love how I'm like, really, Brie, you're beautiful. You all have a squirt face. <laughs> I have a squirt face. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. It's like something like Shrek does in his swamp, you know? Ew. <laughs> sorry. Ew. Squirt face. That sounds like a straight up insult. Like, when you really want to hurt someone's feelings, just call them a squirt face. Your squirt face. Like, damn. Oh, man. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of squirt faces. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. How's the sound, by the way? It's great. I mean, okay. from what I can tell. We, we are in a different space, so I don't know if this will sound a little different, but... I know. We're... We're kind of in between spaces currently. Yeah. But eh, eh, we're making it work. Yes. Um, I don't know. Anything else on the radar? Uh, what about the new 1975 album? Okay. I'm obsessed. It's really good. It, it, it's kind of, it's, it's refreshing to hear new stuff, which I, I guess they did release like some music not too long ago, like yeah. you told me, but it's just, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know what's going on with my voice. But um, it's puberty. Yeah, it's puberty. But yeah, the new 1975 is really good. And also, speaking of like the messy aesthetic, Maddie Healy's a mess. He is. I. He's gorgeous. He is so cute. And I love what they're talking about. I love how they're not really afraid. Okay. They might be like, quote unquote, problematic mm-hmm. as far as today's standards go. But I love how lyrically. Maddie Healy is very introspective and kind of taking the piss out of himself. Yeah. But also, like, everyone else. And, like, I love the constant back and forth with his lyrics about, like, it's always, like, he's, like, am I a narcissist? Are we all narcissists? Like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? Mm. Like, I just love the internal struggle and... I don't know. I love the tum or not Tumblr. <laughs> whoa, I, whoa. Um, but I love the Tumblr aesthetic that's coming back. Speaking of Tumblr, and mm. I also love how TikTok has globbed onto the 1975. Mm, okay, like I'm on 1975 talk right now. Gotcha. So long, Taylor Swift talk is 1975 talk. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I haven't reached. I haven't quite reached that talk. I've. Because of all the Julia Fox talk. It, TikTok is so weird how it works because you'll get inundated with one thing at a time. And then once, like, I don't see, like, Taylor Swift talks anymore now that I've, you know what I mean? So I'm sure it's a matter of time before my phone, like, overhears and is like, oh, 1975? But, you know? Yeah. Well, like, what's on your TikTok? Honestly, I don't know. I could pull it up. <laughs> okay, what's the first thing that pops up? It's probably going to be something embarrassing. Let's see. What what is this? I have no idea. It's some young boy, and it's the title is all David Bowie songs in 1969. Someone says, "Please tell me this is gonna be a serious." Oh no! I do get like recommended some like lately. It's been like Bob Dylan and like David Bowie. Like people have been covering. I don't know. I guess my music taste or my aesthetic like is 
like it's kind of trying to figure out who I am because I'm into vintage kind of things. And so yeah. my algorithm is like probably creeping on my Instagram. I don't know, but what's on your TikTok? <gasps> is that Cardi B? No. Yeah. It's, it's thank you, Cardi B. With these lyrics, you inspired me to start decorating my apartment for Christmas. My next one. Oh, I got, I got, oh my God. Okay, it's Lavender Haze mixed with a scene in High School Musical 2 when they're in like the kitchen. Oh yeah, with the pots and the pans. Mm -hmm. That's creative. It is. But yeah, no, I've seen so much on TikTok because there's this one line in the 1975 song, like I'm in love with you, where he goes, don't fuck it, you muppet. It's not that deep. Mm -hmm. And people are just like vibing to it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know everyone seems to like love that that lyric. But I feel like he does eat like I don't know. There's some lyrics too. Um Oh yeah, in part of the band. My my favorite song on the album. You know, it might be mine too. It's it's really good. That one or I don't know. I kinda like Oh Caroline or About You. I like About You a lot too. All I need to hear is kinda nice. Um but part of the band is a bop. It's I'm so surprised that you like that one because I know I was I was waxing poetic about it. we were at like well we were at my house but we were at like um a kickback with friends yeah and I'm just like reading you the lyrics to part of the band and being like okay but Maddie Healy is like talking about this <laughs> I think it, some of the best lyrics are in just that one song just because it's like one thing after another I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that the one where he's like, um, the baristas and fashionistas, conquistas? I don't know. <laughs> I'm butchering it, but it's like, like, okay, so the lines are, or the lyrics are, I know some vaccinista tote bag chic baristas sitting east on their communista keisters writing about their ejaculations. I like my men like I like my coffee, full of soy milk and so sweet it won't offend anybody. While staining the pages of the nation. A Xanax and a Newport. Well, I take care of my kids, she says. And mic drop. Yeah. I know. When I first heard that song this past summer, I just was like, because it doesn't sound like the 1975. Because they have a very, like, talking heads, tears for fears way about them. Yeah. And the... The song is very, it's string-based. Yes. And in a lot of songs, at least three of their songs, maybe more, have saxophone. Mm -hmm. Did you notice the saxophone? <laughs> yes. Well, they sound all like how I, it's like um, the guy who does Higher Love, like Steve Winwood. Yes. Like, it sounds like you, the 1975 sound is like, like someone like that, just like. You know when you see those, like, old concerts from, like, the 80s uh -huh. where they're, like, the guy with the saxophone and, like, the girls dancing? Yeah. No, it have definitely had that vibe. Yeah. This is so different. Part of the band doesn't sound like anything like that. No. It's, like, restrained. It's subtle. Yeah. I don't know. I dig it. I dig it as well. I was looking for another lyric, but it might be in a different song, too. Also, this is like a totally different train of thought just on Matt Healy. I've been like trying to figure him out because I'm like, 
why do I find him so attractive? I think he kind of looks like Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> like a young, you know, it's the, the forehead and the eyebrows and the hair. You know? He definitely does look like... Like how we were talking about Americans. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see he what does. I'm saying? <laughs> he does. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like a British Antonio Banderas. Yeah. You know? I totally see it. Good for him. Okay. Thank you for seeing that. <laughs> you, you are seeing great. Because when you were showing me all those music videos, I remember that like I was just so stuck on his hair and his looks. I know, I know it's about the music, but I was just like, why am I like? Why is he so attractive? He is. He's also like in real life because I've been a 1975 fan since like 2012. Yeah, but like. You know, I've seen them, and you've seen them a couple times, just, mm. like, in person. He's a tiny man. Yeah. That's all I remember. I mean, like, he looks like he does in pictures and stuff, but, like, he's tiny. Yeah. I don't know. He's cute. So cute. <laughs> I mean, not, like, too tiny. Like, he's totally, like, a 5'8". <laughs> not like, too tiny, though. Don't get it twisted. No, I'm not, like, he's, like... Hobbit level, like he's not Danny DeVito. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I like Maddie Healy. But you know what, Brie? What Nick? Okay, if we're talking about Emma Chamberlain, Julia Fox, mm-hmm. and Maddie Healy, yeah, you know what they all have in common? Um, um, really good style. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say they know Meryl Streep. <laughs> Throw it, girls. I'm like, no. <laughs> I needed like multiple choice. Just like a buzzer. No, fashion. Fashion. You're right. They actually do. They all yeah. have nice, yeah, nice looks. Good fashion. Yeah. You know, all would be featured on runway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, which I'm segueing because today <laughs> we're discussing the 2006 fashion comedy drama, The Devil Wears Prada. Which, Brie, mm-hmm. what is your relationship with this movie? I mean, okay, I have always loved this movie since it came out. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I had to see it in theaters, right? Did we see this movie together? I probably. I feel like we probably did. But I feel like I've just seen this movie a lot, though. I feel like I had to see it in theaters. I remember it was like a big deal. And I remember the intro... The intro always gets me. Katie Tunstall, whatever her name is. Suddenly I see. See. She was like she was like a top artist for like a hot second. She's like a two-hit wonder. Oh my god, Black Horse and a Cherry Tree. Remember when Catherine McPhee sang that on American Idol? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't as good. I, but everyone was like, slay queen. Like she chose that song. Yeah, everyone was woohooing all of 2006. Yeah. But <laughs> it was a bop. Truly. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen this movie so many times. I feel like I can quote it and just, I don't know, put it on and veg out and, you know. For me, it's definitely a comfort movie. Yeah. Like my top comfort movie, to be honest. Like I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's really good. I mean, the cast is great. You've got Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Stanley Tucci, the sex symbol <laughs> of our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. 
And wasn't this like a breakout role for her in a way? Yeah. I mean, she wasn't in a lot before. So yeah, this was... Which, okay, I was looking at the Getty images for the Devil Wears Prada movie premiere. Yeah. Emily Blunt apparently was, during this time, like 06, was dating Michael Buble. Ooh. Michael Bubbly? Michael Bubbly, the Christmas king. That's amazing. Huh. I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't remember this, but <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Something fe- feels right about that. Yeah. Who's? Oh, she's with John Krasinski, right? Yeah. The office man. Yeah. Meh. Meh. I mean. No Stanley Tucci. No. Uh, yeah. But you know what's funny? Um, I guess in real life, like, Stanley Tucci married her sister. Whoa. Isn't that wild? I've, I vaguely have heard about this, but, well, I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but she was like the bridesmaid or something. And what, I mean, what, what a time to be alive. Which I know it's because of this movie, I think, but <clears throat> I always thought Stanley Tucci was gay. I, same. Actually, yeah, I'm confused. I'm like, wait, he married her or did he marry her brother? <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. It's just a good job, I guess. I guess so. Like, it's like, um, isn't the guy for like the the heavier set dude from Modern Family that plays like the gay guy with the redhead? Isn't he also straight? I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's just like I can't get it out of my head. Like I'm, you know, like because they've played a certain character. But I mean, people in real life too. I'm always so surprised. Yeah, like there's just some guys that give off that vibe. Anyways, I don't want to say something no. too problematic. I feel like the more and more I can talk about this while I'm stalling for you to look up something on your phone, the more I'm going to get down the, the beard. Same. Well, no, there's also train. like, uh, there's like an article. It's like Stanley Tucci weighs in on whether straight actors should play. You know what I mean? Like there's people who are going to have opinions. I don't know, but I, Stanley Tucci just, I feel like he gets a pass. I feel like he plays it so well. I don't know. I'm still, I'm not convinced. I think that he's a gay man playing a straight man in real life. <laughs> I Stanley Tucci, maybe he's just Stanley Tucci. Maybe like there's just you can't. He's like Prince. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Prince yeah. is like a sex symbol, but he's like I don't know. He's kind of masculine and feminine. He's like flamboyant. He's like Prince. You know, Stanley Tucci yeah. is Stanley Tucci. He cooks. He cleans. Yeah. He's like Cardi B when she <laughs> talks about WAP. It's Stanley <laughs> Tucci. I don't know. <laughs> he can do it all. Yeah. And apparently, never mind. <laughs> I was just about to be like, and apparently Emily Blunt's sister. Anyways, stop, stop, stop. Anyways, Ooh. so. But yes, the devil wears <laughs> This is not about Stanley Tucci's sex life. It's not? <laughs> why, well, you, you, you just bring up Stanley Tucci, and I don't know why my mind goes to WAP. <laughs> it's okay. Now mine will, too. I know. We can't, can't talk about Italian Americans and say that too. Ugh. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. That's a slur. Mm, don't do it. No. Don't say it. But it's repurposed now. We all know what WAP really means. Exactly. Wink. Okay, cut that part out. <laughs> it's just me out the whole podcast being like, well, you're like, well, I'm trying to stall for something, being like, just like down around. or something, goddammit. Oh, oh my god. But this movie's. Deeply informative to me. 
How so? Like as a young person, like striving for excellence? Or it like- just, I think it made me who I am. I think like in my veins, there's a part of me that's Devil Wears Prada. Well, okay. <sighs> okay. So I feel like we're talking about movies that raised us or pop culture moments that raised us. Not that podcast. We're late to the party. But anyways. Um... This and like America's Next Top Model, I th- they they really did raise me. And they raised me up. <laughs> they raised me and they raised me up. Um, but yeah, like I, it started my obsession with fashion, and I still listen to the soundtrack all the time. There's, it's a good soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack, and. It made me want to get bangs, like Andy Sachs. I, I always tried to get those straight across bangs. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this movie got me into fashion in a way. Like, I remember seeing this movie at 11 and being like, I want to read, like, get Harper's Bazaar, and I want to read Vogue, and I want to know who they're talking about when they talk about Patrick DeMarchelier. And when they, you know, like, all the references, I want to know. You were like, suddenly I see. This is yeah. who I want to be. It's like. I don't want to be like Andy asking how to spell Gabbana. Like, yeah. I. You want to be Emily. No. No? Well, she, she gets hit by a cab. Yeah, but And doesn't get to go to Paris. That's <laughs> Yeah. But at the beginning, she seems cool. She has, like, she has a cool, like, she has cool style. And she's in it. She's fully in that world. That's true. I I don't know. I just, like, wanted to be Andy, like, post-makeover. Yeah. So bad. I don't know. This whole, I don't know, the whole fashion of it all, like, which we're going to get into. I was just obsessed. I feel you. I mean, same. Um, And there's, like, parts in this movie where I also think about, like, um, America's Next Top Model, because you see, like, the background of, like, the shoots, like, what the models have to go through, and, you know, they're talking about being, like, size two or four, and that's it, or whatever, and it's, like, it's intense, and it's cutthroat, and I don't know, high fashion's no joke, and I do think it is an art, like, I don't know. For sure. I mean, like, there's a part of me that feels kind of like Andy in a way where I'm, like, you know, you, Nikki, you know me, you know I schlub around a lot. You love onion bagels. I do love onion bagels. I would definitely be eating them no matter what. I don't care. You know, carbs, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I think I think you can appreciate fashion even if – or, like, I think it's interesting. Like, I always thought it was interesting that line where, like, Miranda's like, you think you're not a part of this? Like, you don't – it's like every choice you make. Like, this is how it trickles down. Like, the way the fashion industry works. Like, that's always been fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, it is very interesting that I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 like because Miranda Priestly, Meryl Streep's character in this, is inspired by Anna Wintour, right? Um, and in Vogue, like Runway is essentially Vogue, mm-hmm. and I feel like that September issue does set. You know, I think now it's different with the internet the way it is, but in still a way, like, it's a very, like, the fashion industry sets this standard and sets this tone. It's it's very interesting how 
Well, there's so many people. It's like a movie production. It's like there's so many people that have jobs and like this is, you know, like do like little things. Like at the magazine, like. Yeah. Just in the. Or in fashion. There's so many like there's designers. There's this. There's that. There's, you know, so many people involved in this industry. Yeah. But then it's also interesting to like think about. Like, because when Andy starts in this movie, you're saying, like, she's, like, not fashionable. She's kind of schlubby. But she thinks she's above it. Yeah. But, like, even people that think they're above it, like you said, are affected. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, even if you go to a thrift store nowadays or a TJ Maxx, where you would go if you don't care about fashion, quote, unquote. Yeah. It's still being greatly informed. By fashion. It's still being curated in a, in a sense. Yeah. Which is like art. I don't know. I I know it's I'm not articulating this well, but I just think it's very cool. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. I think that made that made sense to me. Okay. I was like, I don't know. But uh yeah, so The Devil Wars Prada was directed by David Frankel and written by Aline Broche McKenna, who did um Crazy Ex Girlfriend. And it was based on a 2003 novel of the same name. And 20th Century Fox actually bought the rights to the Devil Wars product before the book was even published. Oh, dang. They were like, mm, this mm-hmm. is going to be a movie. We can tell. We feel it. Yes. But then it wasn't greenlit until Meryl Streep signed on. Right. However, when Meryl signs on, it's like all systems go. You got to do it. Right. If Meryl says jump off a building, you do it. You do it. She's like my Miranda Priestly. Like, I would jump in front of a cab for Meryl Streep. Same. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, principal photography lasted 57 days um, and it shot in New York City from October to December 2005, which, again, a gr- in my honest opinion, great era for fashion. Like, I know things get wonky in 06, 07, fashion-wise. Yeah. 2005, I think, is a sweet spot. I think so. I mean, there's, like, a lot of, what, like, newsboy caps or something. There's a lot of, like, smart style. Like, like... But boho's also in. Yeah, there's boho. The skinny scarves, kind of, or the long... No, no, not that era. No. Like, Gemma Ward on the runway era. Mm-hmm. Like, like vests? Not vests. <laughs> like boho. It's very like, um, one second. I'm looking up like fall, winter 2005. Ah. It's chic. It's it's very chic. Yes. I What I loved about like this sliver of like 2000s era fashion is it is very sleek, but it's also 2000s. Like there's still something about it that is that like gaudy 2000s i love that i love to like okay like speaking of just gaudy 2000s like there's a certain point in the movie where nigel's trying to dress her and he pulls out this like it's like a gaudy uh cape situation it's like yes furry and orange and like has like checkered like some type of design printed on top and it's just like whoa but it's also kind of like fabulous i don't know it hurts your eyes but it's cool I feel like that's, like, with a lot of things, too. Yeah. Like, fashion-wise, I think I think fashion, like, crazy fashion is all about context. Mm-hmm. Like, when Nigel gives it to you, you're like, mm-hmm, if you see that, you know. You should take it. If you see that at the 
not to rag on TJ Maxx again, but if you see that at the TJ Maxx, you're going to be judging. Yeah. So you're saying they shot in New York City? Yeah. And the film uh, premiered on June 30th, 2006, which I know where I was when this film came out. Where were you? I was in New York City. Really? I went to New York City for the first time, and I remember, like, you know in New York City how there's posters everywhere, just, like, slapped on yes. buildings and walls? And I remember there were the Devil Wars Prada ones, and there was Corinne Bailey Ray, because she just put out Put Your Records On. Oh, my God. I love that. I remember that song and that album. Oh, my God. But I just remember looking at the Devil Wars Prada, like, movie posters, and being like, I gotta see this movie. Like, it was just it. That's iconic. You were in New York City where it was filmed and where the, you know, the energy lives. Like, I felt that. I know I was, like, 11, but I felt that in my core. I was like, yeah. Did you have bangs? Were you, like, walking around? Were you thinking of them? You hadn't seen the movie yet. I hadn't seen the movie yet. I think that was my problem. I hadn't seen the movie yet. I wasn't like, give me bangs. But... (laughs) But I already loved Anne Hathaway. We only scratched the surface on my love for Anne Hathaway on this pod. Would now be a good time to talk about her, like, like scratching, like, tooth and nail to get this part? Because, like, so scratching like- <laughs> that Zen garden tooth and nail? Yeah. Let's talk about it. I mean, I think it's really cool how she was, like, not taking no for an answer or just, like, being really persistent. And then, like, the character that she ends up playing is just like that. I think they made a good call. Because she was, what, ninth Mm -hmm. choice? Well, they wanted Rachel McAdams. Mm. Which is fair because this is, like, coming off of The Notebook and Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love Rachel McAdams, but no offense. Like, I think Anne Hathaway brings an innocence to this character. Yeah. That, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if McAdams has, but I love her. Same. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same. And I think she has really good chemistry with Meryl Streep, even if they weren't, like, I don't know. I know Meryl also was, like, method acting for some reason, which I, maybe it worked, though, for, like, the other people to, you to know. fear her. Yeah. I don't know. Or for them to also have chemistry, too, like, kind of, like. If the if everyone if she was like isolating herself and like Anne Hathaway, Stanley Tucci, Emily Blunt had a chance to be talking behind the scenes and just like bull you know bullshit and just well then because like the idea of Meryl can kind of live on too because she has all this esteem and prestige you know what I mean they're probably gonna want to impress her mm-hmm. and if they are, they aren't privy to the side of her that's at the Mamma Mia rap party singing with Pierce Brosnan you know yeah then you can add like because you know if they're backstage and Meryl Streep is being like cool that level of like I gotta like suck it in you know I gotta impress this gotta gird your loins yeah like gird your loins yeah Meryl Streep is so smart I don't know I love her same but I love Anne Hathaway too, and I know like it's not fair to compare her and Rachel McAdams because like Rachel McAdams kind of should have had a better career than she's had. 
in a lot of ways. Like, she's very talented. Yeah. No, I mean, she was in The Notebook. She was in... She's in so many things. I loved her in Red Eye and Date... Uh, not Date Night. Uh, Game Night is really funny. Oh, yeah. True. But, like, she hasn't had that, like, career. She was kind of, like, in the aughts mesh of young actors. Mm. But Anne Hathaway is, like, Oscar winning. Yeah. And, you know, she's having a Anne Hathaway renaissance right now. So. She is. I love that for her, though. Yeah. But she's always been my girl. Same. Since Princess Diaries, like, <laughs> truly. And then I remember, like, around this time, it's when it's right before Brokeback Mountain comes out. Okay. And I just got to say, I didn't even know she was in Brokeback Mountain. I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. It is on my list somewhere. But when I was watching the interview and she's like, yeah, things are great for me right now, you know, Brokeback Mountain just happened and I had to like stop and be like, wait, and I had to look it up because like, if I had known that, maybe I would have seen it sooner. <laughs> I know it's, she's just a blip in that one, but I'm just like, my girl, I got to, sh- you know what I mean? I'm like, I got to show up for her. But it's not just a blip. No. In a way, because like before this, Anne Hathaway, because it's so crazy now to think about Anne Hathaway this way. Mm-hmm. But I do remember a time being a Hatha stan for so long. Like the Princess Diaries, Ella Enchanted, she was just kind of like not a Disney girl, but just in this in-between, in the shuffle, not really taken seriously. Okay, yeah. And then Brokeback happens. She gets in the same room and Meryl Streep sees her performance and okays it. Wow. That doesn't mean she got the role of the Devil Wears Prada like right then and there, but it did help her. It Mm. opened that door. And I think the Devil Wears Prada is the movie for Anne Hathaway and Brokeback, I guess, because of that, you know, prestige and taking her more seriously like. Yeah. And then I think this, I think this movie really did set, like put her on the map. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense. So this is like her real breakout. Mm. Like I think the if this didn't happen and she just did the Princess Diaries, I don't think it'd be the same career. Mm-hmm. Do you think she'd be like typecast in a way, or just like not as like she would just have her moment and that'd be that kind of, and we wouldn't have all these great movies with her i don't know or her as like catwoman say or like yeah i think so because she wouldn't have been in the room mm. yeah but good for her good for andy <laughs> yeah well no like you were talking about like when she auditioned for this movie in like one of those little zen gardens she wrote like hire me mm. i love that just like she's like don't forget about me hire me like have you ever done that in a job interview or, like, a situation? Okay. I mean, not so flat out. I've definitely harassed a place before. <laughs> what? Well, I was really <clears throat> – I honestly, I just really needed a job, um, and I didn't have a whole lot of money, like, saved, and I just really was desperate. And I wanted this job. At least I thought I wanted it. It, it ended up working out fine that I didn't get it, but I was, like – it bothered me that they never got back to me and that they – I'm like, this is a simple job. It's like, I don't know, desk clerk at a, like, ASPCA or, like, a veterinary office, something like that. I don't know. But I'm like, oh, I love animals. Like, I'd be great for this. 
never heard anything back weeks you know like so much time passes and i'm just and then like every week i'm just like calling because i'm trying to get that coin you know i'm like i need something i don't know it's just kind of wild but i was like whatever at a certain point i gave up because i'm like you know what maybe it's not meant to be and then yeah i don't know I, but i've never been like i don't know if i've ever really begged like please like a because I guess you really got to want something. And if you're, okay, like Anne Hathaway, if you had the opportunity, if you're Anne Hathaway, you have the opportunity to work with Meryl Streep, then I think you probably would, or you have a feeling like you connect with the character. I mean, this is a big opportunity for her. I mean, for me, I don't know if I've had like an opportunity that I've been so, you know what I mean? Passionate about like that. Yeah. I don't know. How about you? I've never felt that bold, I think. Mm. I think, like, too, because, I don't know, when we think of job situations, like, for me, job situations are a little different because, you know, I was an actor. Right. Yeah. Like, so how do you, you know, I mean, can you really, or, like, you, I, I know fortune favors the bold, and maybe things would have turned out differently if I was a little more bold, but... Yeah, I never thought. I kind of came from this school of thought, at least the way I was trained. Like, it was to, like, shut up and, like, stay in line. Mm. And, yeah. But, but you know, maybe that's the way Anne Hathaway thought, too. And maybe this moment she really connected and she was like, fuck it. She's like, whatever. I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, because, like, later in, like, an interview, she was like, yeah, I know this isn't cool to admit. But, yeah, I really was, like trying really hard to get this role like yeah i don't know no like that's awesome yeah i say good for you don't know you got to put yourself out there i mean and she did and it worked out so really yeah i don't know i think it's cool i also just love Anne hathaway (laughs) same well and okay so we love Anne hathaway Mm -hmm. we worship meryl streep yeah and apparently so did everyone else because this movie got positive reviews and Meryl Streep got it, like very positive reviews. Yes. What are your thoughts on Miranda Priestly? I love her. Um, I think I don't know. It's it's definitely cool to see like I don't know like a woman in, in this power position, the head of the company, just like doing her thing. I think it's like you know she's like a nice queen, right? But she's she's all about business. She doesn't have time for anything else. I don't know. In a way, I feel like there were definitely times in my life where I've aspired to be Miranda to an extent. You know what I mean? Um, Just because it's like she's accomplishing something. She has her baby. You know, the runway is her baby. I don't know. She's calling the shots. And I like that about her. She flings coats on desks. Yeah. She's like, woo. I mean, Miranda's Priestley's iconic. Right? I mean, it seems like it would be stressful to work for her, but it also would be iconic. I don't know. That's all. That's all. Yeah. We would never be able to say florals for spring. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Right? Yeah, didn't Meryl, like, change some of the lines, too? Like, um, or, like, the one at the end, at least? I don't know. I think it's interesting, like, how her character, like, Miranda's character is kind of, I guess it's different in the book. Like, it's not as accessible or something, or... yeah. They make her seem a little more human in the movie or kind of more dimensional. Which I love those parts. Like, I love in Paris when Miranda has that vulnerable moment. Because you're right. She is this very, like, stoic. Like, she is the ice queen, but more than that. She's, like, 
Anna Wintour. Yeah, right? Let's call a spade a spade. She's like what you would think Anna Wintour would be. And um, when she's like about to get a divorce and she like is no makeup, just like in the hotel room. Yeah. Like that's the perfect touch. I love that. I'm pretty sure that was Meryl's idea too. I don't know. Probably. She had a lot of good ideas. And the hair too, the iconic hair. Yes. That was her idea. There's some speculation too that that um that she stole the look from Glenn Close. <gasps> Cause she I guess she like messaged her or something and said, like, hey, I'm like stealing your hair or I'm borrowing your hair for this movie or something. And she was like really flattered. I can totally I didn't know that and I could totally see that. Yeah. I was like, dang, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. I think Glenn Close was also offered for the role, too. You know, that was what I found. Can I tell you something? What tell I found me. interesting? Because, like, I want to read you a list of people who were going out for the role of Miranda. <laughs> so Jennifer Aniston, Kim Basinger, Cameron Diaz, Heather Graham, Angelina Jolie, Lisa Kudrow, Helen Mirren, Tatum O'Neill, Gwyneth Paltrow, Michelle Pfeiffer, Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, Alicia Silverstone, Hilary Swank, and Naomi Watts were considered for the role of Miranda Priestley. <laughs> That's a wide age range. Isn't it? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> what? Lisa Kudrow? Uh, what did you say? I forget one of them. Jennifer Aniston? What? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I don't know. Some of these, I'm like, I could... <laughs> So, yeah, some of them I don't think age-wise, I think you're right. It would be a little weird. I mean, I guess maybe Helen Mirren. For sure. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if on that list was also like Ellen DeGeneres, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> Wanda Sykes. It's getting a little crazy. Queen Latifah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine Queen Latifah's Miranda Priestly? That would be fun. Honestly, maybe a little, but something Queen Latifah just seems too nice. nice. Like she has some, like a sweet smile, like a warmth about her that... I don't think Miranda, she's still too icy. I, you know, I don't know. I think Meryl Streep is the only person for this role. Right? No, same. I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, that's a cast of characters. <laughs> like, it's so all over the place. No. Because, like, Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Okay, I guess I can see it, like, in her like her character on the comeback. When, oh, I was going to say when she plays the evil twin. Like, <laughs> Oh, um, what's her friends? name? Yeah. What is her name? I don't know. I forgot what she what her name is. Like, I don't remember. Ver I know it's not Veronica. It's something like that. Mo no, it's not Monica because that's her friend. Um, I think you're close. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Since we're talking about like who, you know, it's was wild. Play Andy and stuff. Yeah. So, so you get the plot of the Devil Wears Prada. Yes. So, Andy, played by Anne Hathaway, is a recent college graduate with big dreams. Upon landing a job at prestigious Runway Magazine, she finds herself the assistant to diabolical editor Miranda Priestley, played by Meryl Streep. Annie questions her ability to survive her grim tour as Miranda's whipping girl without getting scorched. Such a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> I know. I feel like Google, um, it's just like the Google synopsis. It's like. All right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, okay, if on the Miranda Priestley tip, like, she is the villain of this story. 
Mm-hmm. Hot take. It is not Andy's boyfriend. He is not the villain. No. Um, But I do sympathize with Miranda. I do like her a lot. Yeah. I think she is a... Like, I get it. I, I get it. I know we'll get into the movie a little more, but, like, I get it. Like, I don't think she's just, like... She's not, like, that Elmo in the fires of hell meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I don't think she's... I don't know. I think she's just doing her job and doing whatever she thinks she should be doing. I don't know. Nothing's personal, really. No, that is all. That is all. Yeah. But, okay. So, like, the movie opens. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of were talking about this before, but... Let's talk about the intro a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like the actual full-on intro. Because mm-hmm. it sets up a lot without saying anything. It's also Suddenly I See by K.T. Tunstall. Yeah. Iconic. I love it. It's So it's basically, it shows us like these girls getting ready, like just different girls in New York City, just their daily routine, right? Waking up, putting on their makeup. Putting on their underwear. Model-esque, though, for sure. Like, all these women are model-esque. Matching bra and panty sets. But not Andy. She got her granny panties on. (laughs) And she puts on chapstick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. But which one do you relate to? Definitely Andy. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. But how about you? I I think you... I know. (laughs) I feel like it's cooler to say Andy. Is it, though? I don't know. I feel like... Well, okay. The whole time I was thinking, like, in the beginning, they really do set up, like, other women love makeup. Other women love lingerie. Andy Mm -hmm. loves granny panties and puts on chapstick and onion bagels. bagels. Yeah. So they really, like, set her up like that, but they don't say a word. It just kind of... It's, yes. it's, it's a little more subtle, but overt. It's overtly subtle, which I know is No, I know what different. you mean. It's like they don't have to say it. They just kind of show it. And it's like, oh, I see. We, you get an idea of the kind of girl she is. Doesn't put too much time into her routine. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, but like they kind of set Andy up as like especially when she's with her friends and when she's with her boyfriend played by adrian grenier of entourage fame oh yeah like up in the up at the top of the movie yeah she kind of seems like a pick me like a pick me girl like Mm -hmm. she's very adamant like through dialogue and just through the movie like in the beginning that she's not like other girls other girls are into fashion and she's not and other girls whatever but she's still like you know it's, yeah. she's like better in a way like I, pick me because i'm not like other girls you know i got you i no. eat onion bagels and i'm smart yeah no she definitely has that vibe yeah oh. i don't know that's all i was thinking i was like is andy a pick me like what yeah i never thought about that honestly <laughs> i think so though I don't but know. Yeah, she. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like the um another thing that stands out. I guess is like the first time Miranda comes into the the room like after you know like Andy's first day at work. I guess and they set the tone for that. Well, because Andy wants to be a journalist and she graduated from Northwestern, I think. Mm-hmm. 
so this is just like a job to her. Right. And it's set up right away. Like millions of girls would kill for this job. Yeah. Yeah. I think Miranda's even like, why are you here then? Like, what do you, you know? And she's like, it's either this or, I don't know, like the car place or something. <laughs> like, I don't know, like AutoZone or something. I don't know. She has to either go to runway or get in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, I'm sure it's not just that, but all right. But she says she like applied every other publishing play or whatever and there, no one would take her. So, I mean, hey, got to do what you got to do. Honestly, though, can I just say, I feel like it would be way cooler to be involved in runway versus like journalism no offense i agree i know journalism is great we need like good reliable journalists and all that jazz but like me personally if i had to cover stories like i would be bored or just like it's not that like fashion just seems like so much fun or like well she like explains it to her boyfriend later in the movie andy but like it is also very daft or very like glib to um or just maybe ignorant to like assume that a fashion magazine wouldn't have articles. Like even the running joke about Playboy is like they have great articles. That's what I've heard. That's so <laughs> crazy. But like, but see, like that's you know what people say. Like in magazine, like in magazines like Vogue, mm. there are editorials and pieces. By people like Joan Didion or, you know, I forget who else she names drops in the movie. But it's like, yeah, I don't understand why Andy going in isn't as, like, this is a stepping stone. I know she says that later and she explains that to her dad when he comes into town for dinner. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing with your life? And she's like. But this is like a, a entryway in the door. But I don't understand, like not coming to it like that you know what i mean like andy seems so smart mm-hmm. and stuff but i guess it's because they have to show her she doesn't arc. she's not like other girls she doesn't do fashion <laughs> i don't know but she would know i think she would know that all i'm saying is i think she would know that it's not just people in clothes yeah has she never opened a fashion magazine i don't know i can't even imagine and i'm not even that into fashion i'm like look at me i'm a slob and i like fashion not a slob no but some days i choose to be it's a choice it is a choice choices you know just do the miranda cerulean speech again but to you (laughs) to myself i do sometimes in my head i go back and forth but no can you imagine andy Sachs interview for the auto magazine though and how much worse that would be yeah yeah i don't know also i don't think you should beg for that one like if you (laughs) if they don't pick you then don't you know just let it be it's not gonna be a career-breaking move you know so we're introduced to miranda we're introduced to andy Mm -hmm. we get introduced to emily who emily wants to go to paris yeah (laughs) i know we get to see her little screensaver their back you know her desktop background is like the what is it the arc de triomphe yeah it's yeah. arc de triomphe and it's so 2005 i love it me too um but yeah what are your thoughts on emily if anything 
I don't know. I mean, I like her. I mean, she's kind of, I mean, I feel like I used to be way more annoyed with her, you know, but I think she's, she just grows on you because she's so funny and she's also like, she's serious. Like she's taking her job very seriously because that's what she wants to do. So you have to respect that, you know, she doesn't have time for like the nonsense that Andy's bringing. Andy has no style. She's like, what do you know what I mean? It's like, do I have to explain everything to you? You don't even know the name of like the editor of the magazine like you don't know these things like how do you not know like what are you doing here then i guess yeah i mean you sometimes you, people you work with i don't know sometimes i've felt like emily for sure you know and you're like wait why are you working here then if you don't like this and you don't i don't know you know what i mean like there's i don't know also like emily blunt does play this role really well mm-hmm. and what i've noticed like over time, because I've watched this movie a lot, um, I really enjoy Emily Blunt's, like, frustration with Andy. It's more, I think it's more that Emily is, like, only promoted a second assistant. Like, she's never reached anything else. But, you know, like, to be Miranda's assistant, you, like, break your back and, like, risk life and limb kind of for Emily, literally. yeah. And, you know, she sees Andy excel so quickly and she, like, respects it. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think that frustration, especially initially, you know, like, she's probably seen a lot of people and she's probably worked really hard. So. Yeah. It's just that frustration, I think. Like, when under so much stress all the time. And then Andy gets to go to fashion week. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I love it when uh, Emily gets hit by the cab, which I know we're skipping through, but, like, when she opens up that pudding packet, oh. the best acting. It's so good. Yeah. No, Emily Blunt is great. I don't know. She's the best. I can't imagine someone else. Just, I don't know. I think she's really witty and funny. It's good. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. No, we do get a Giselle Bunchen cameo. Oh, as yeah. As Emily's friend. I love that. She's just chilling and she's like doesn't she compliment and she's like oh yeah she looks nice which the um she improvised that line apparently like the one where she's like she looks nice oh really yeah because i guess she was just feeling it in the moment and they were like oh it works because there's like a you know because emily's just gonna it's just gonna annoy emily even more so (laughs) or wait yeah yeah her name's emily in the movie and her name's emily in real life yeah Okay. Why am I just realizing that? Wow. I'm like, she really does look like an Emily, though. I wonder why. Because she is. Some people look like what they are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know what else. Okay. Unless you were going to say something. No, no, not particularly. Because there's this running it's like the big question of this movie, or it's become the big question. Was Andy's boyfriend really the villain? Because it's been a lot of debate over over that in recent years via the internet. Yeah. I mean, you're asking me if I think he's the villain? Is he the villain? Like, Are her friends the villain? I always thought so. I mean, okay. In the past, I had thought, like, are we talking about her boyfriend and her friends collectively or separately? Let's do them separate. Okay. Boyfriend first. 
is Andy's boy from the film. <laughs> I don't know if I think he's a villain. Like, watching it back, I mean, I could see how, like, I mean, there. I do think, you know, maybe there's times he could be more supportive, but at the same time, I feel like there are times where Andy does make these choices. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously missing his birthday, that's not great, but then, you know, if you're at a point where your relationship's, like, going to collapse, and then, you know, the, you know what the problem is, and then you're going to go ahead and take a call from your... Like, that at that moment where she's like, yeah, I think we should take a break, and then the phone rings, and it kind of interrupts their, you know, what could be maybe a heart-to-heart or breakthrough or, like something or maybe it would just leave it at that and not esc- I feel like it just escalated things further or just you know what I mean and maybe it was unnecessary but I don't know because you know what I mean like there's a like what you put importance on there's a certain point where I feel like she does lose herself in this like gobbledygook of the job and just trying to impress Miranda trying you know like I know that and I feel like we've you know it's a relatable thing when you're in your 20s and you're trying to achieve something especially career-wise and you feel like this is the stepping stone this and that and it you know obviously for her this is a stepping stone and we see later Miranda does give her reference but at the time it's like she's still trying to prove this you know she's not naturally fashionable or whatever she's like trying to fit this mold but she's doing every single thing she can like it's very people pleasy it's a little cringy because it's like I believe in boundaries and like we're you know having boundaries with work and this but Miranda has no boundaries you know she wants Andy to be available 24 7 which I get that she's an assistant but like you know you could have been in the bathroom I mean I don't know I say like she probably should have just like ignored the call and get yelled at a little bit later but like I don't think she would have been fired necessarily over like one time not answering I mean they're you know what I'm saying like what happens what if what if, what if you're on the on on the toilet i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry like what you know what i mean like what if you're like in the shower like well, you can't answer you can't like that's just not healthy and not realistic like i don't know i hear you but I'm, is he the villain i don't know i'm getting off topic i'm sorry no no no. i mean <laughs> I'm like, you, what if she's on the toilet well there's a question okay there's a lot of a lot of questions that this movie like poses that we've you know as a as a culture, we've talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, in recent years, because the internet loves this movie, as do I. So there, there is like that, like girl boss slash like work life balance. Yeah. That whole mentality. Ooh, sorry. But what is the boyfriend's name? Nate. Nate. Yeah. So like, is Nate the villain of this movie? No. Like, and I think Anne Hathaway's even gone on record recently and been like, he's not the villain. He was just young, which that's kind of my take. It's I think like being a young person in their 20s, like I can understand how I can understand how both of them would not handle this particular situation. Right. Mm Because I think like in order to get ahead in your career, I think Nigel says it. Like, in in the movie, in order to, like, succeed, you have to, like, if your life is falling apart, you know you're getting a promotion. Uh Uh-huh. Like, sometimes that's just how life is, honestly. And, like, in a career, like, in the fashion world or, like, in anything like that, especially being an assistant, you do have to be in someone's beck and call and you have to, you know, kind of be a doormat to, like, 
get your foot in the door. It's like shitty, but it's like a like a hierarchy thing. You have to like pay your dues. And I feel like the one thing where Nate gets points deducted mm-hmm. is like he should know that because he's a chef. Like yeah. that those late night hours, the never being around. Right. Always Isn't- on call. That's a chef thing. Yeah, I was going to say him too, right? Isn't he also working late at night for the most part? Like, yeah, I feel like he should get it a little bit more because they're both working on their own careers. So you kind of, honestly, maybe they just had a, maybe they should have planned it more or like communicate it, like come up with a plan because she's, you know, she's getting more and further into this job and I don't know what he's doing with his chef stuff, but. But to be fair, on the flip side, like, he might be a little bit selfish. She might be a little bit selfish. Yeah. Things are messy. Like, you don't plan it for this stuff. I think the only thing where, like, Andy gets points deducted is she, from the get-go, is like, I'm not into fashion. I'm not like those girls. I have these morals and, like, these code of ethics. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what Nate thinks he, you know, like, that's that's who she's been. Right. So he's seeing her actually, like, sell out. Basically. He's seeing her sell her soul. Like, you, especially, like, when she goes to Paris and she's, like, with Simon Baker's character. And if Simon Baker, who's in that world, mm-hmm. or his character, says, like, you've gone to the dark side, you know you've gone to the dark side. Yeah. It's not, like, because, like, Runway is bad or Miranda Priestley's bad. It's... Just because that wasn't what she believed in. Like, she was so against it. If she, like, I think even Nate says it in the movie. Like, if she just was, like, cop to it and was like, yeah, I like this stuff. I'm going to change. You know what yeah, I mean? don't be like. But I don't know. I mean, she kind of does go through a bit of a change. Or, like, she go, which I, I just think is really interesting. <laughs> like, because I feel like, I feel like this movie's a little deeper than, you know, just, like what it appears because I feel like it, she, she goes on this journey and maybe she sees things she doesn't like or even about herself like what she's willing to do for you know mm-hmm. like like you know how Emily was the one that really wanted to go to Paris and she knows it's gonna break her heart but she took this opportunity anyway because you know she felt like she had no choice which I mean I guess if you're gonna get fired over something eh, you know but still it's like a you know, she doesn't even want this job. There's, like, certain points. It's, like, what are you willing to do? And then she doesn't – until shit hits the fan later on and she sees Miranda kind of, like, throw, like, Simon – or, no. Um, Nigel. Nigel. Sorry. I don't know why I'm thinking of Simon Baker. <laughs> Always. The mentalist. <laughs> yeah, the mentalist. Um, Nigel under the bus, like, kind of um, – what's the word? I don't know if throwing under the bus is the right word. But, you know, like, just kind of – um. But stab him in the back maybe yeah. a better term and you know it's like what are you willing to do for this job and for this the glory or for the you know for stepping you know getting a ahead it's ruthless ahead. yeah it's ruthless and i feel like it's not until she completely loses herself that she realizes that it's you know which it's your messy era we we're talking about messy eras and yeah. like this is this is it for her yeah is it so bad? I mean, I think it's kind of cool that, like, she, you know, she has her little fling with yeah Simon Baker and just 
whatever. Like she's figuring herself out and then she comes back and it seems like everything's cool. Like we, I feel like we should be allowed to have those moments of like figuring things out and being messy, you know, but kind of like back to what we were saying with Julia Fox, like be messy. Yeah. Well, life, like I think with this film, like life is about choices mm-hmm. and no choices are like good or bad per se, like, or some are bad, but that's okay. But this, this movie is really like, Andy always has a choice Mm. that she has to make. Whether I think like in the in the middle of this, like when she's like caught up in it, when she's sipping the Kool Aid, yeah, the runway Kool Aid, like she keeps saying like she doesn't have a choice, she doesn't have a choice. But then at the end, it's so like easy when she's in the car with Miranda and Miranda's like everyone wants to be us and she's like I don't know if I want like and she throws the phone in the fountain Mm -hmm. like she's making a choice like she had that power all along but I feel like a lot of us go through life being like well I didn't have a choice I didn't have a choice you always have a choice and life is all about choices good or bad and I think like Miranda isn't like the villain in like the traditional sense, but I do think that she is the devil mm-hmm. to Andy. Like she's Andy when she puts on those Chanel boots for the first time, she does make a deal with the devil, and the devil is Miranda. It's her devil. Yeah. I think like we all have those things. Yeah, but yeah, this is like everything that. Yeah, no, Andy I w- doesn't believe it. I was going to say, I've definitely sold my soul for a job before. I mean, it was a temporary thing. It wasn't, like, going to get me that far in my career either. But I was like, you know, you dressed it. This is a way different situation because it's not fashionable at all. Um, I don't know. But it's, like, just the idea of, like, changing yourself for a job and just being like, oh, I'm going to trade in. I'm going to trade in my nice tight jeans for some... For some uh, practical khakis <laughs> and a sweater vest. I don't know. Not. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's it's just, I don't know. I feel like this movie is like relatable, but it's like on a bigger scale of like, obviously with like the fashion world. But I think there's something, I think there's like, I think we all have a little Andy in us maybe that's I don't know. I mean, for sure. I think, like, I've been in situations a lot where where I've sometimes sold my soul, where sometimes I've thrown the phone in yeah. the fountain. Yeah, then you throw the phone, yeah. Um, And I know my situation's a little different. Like, when I think of work stuff, I typically think of, like, a lot of my acting experience and, like, a lot of, like, auditions I've been to or a lot of, like, situations where it's just but everything's choices and everything's kind of, like, like, feeling like you're at the mer- – I think from my point of view, if we're talking about work experience and whatever, my point of view was always, like, oh, my life, my job of the moment, my role, like, you know, whatever. It's in someone else's hands. So mm-hmm. there is that feeling of, like, powerlessness. Like, oh, I have no choice. But I mean, you do kind of. And I think, like, nowadays – now we're circling back to, like, the Emma Chamberlain, Julia Fox of it all – but, like, the great thing about nowadays is you do have a choice. Yeah. And you can pivot. Like, I've pivot. Did, did. So. Yeah, I think we should all throw our cell phones in fountains way more. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, no, for sure. Yeah. I think life is always like that. And I think to circle back to Nate being the villain, mm-hmm. Nate is not the villain. Nate is young and figuring it out. And he does. And they, they get back together. Like, I think they're yeah. just young. And I, he's right. He's right that Andy sells out and makes a deal with the devil. Yeah. No, he is. Andy's still our protagonist, and Anne Hathaway's still my ride or die, so who cares? Yeah. Also, now that I think about it, does he even is he even going to, like, leave her? Does he even say that? Or he's just, like, frustrated? Because she's the one that's like, well, maybe we should take a break, right? Because she's also probably frustrated, and she probably needs space to figure it out. And then she does, and then she throws away the phone. I mean, I don't know. It all ends up okay. She, You, you know, you have these experiences, and you learn from them. She learns that she has, you know, more fashion sense now. And she knows what she doesn't want, you know, what she will tolerate. Sometimes you got to go through that and just be like, okay, now I know how to. You have to sell your soul. Yeah. Once. At least once. (laughs) Just to see what it's like. (laughs) Well, that's great advice. Sell your soul at least once. Yeah, one time. Just once, though, you know? Um, What was I going to say, though? I do think she really has shitty friends. I think the girl. Andy's girlfriend? Uh-huh. Nah. She ain't there. She's friends with Nate, Nate more than she's friends with Andy. Yeah. And Andy deserves a girlfriend who will see her flirting kind of sort of with Simon Baker. And distract and, Nate. <laughs> yeah. No, but realize that Simon Baker's the mentalist. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just be like, <laughs> he's the mentalist. He's the mentalist. I get it. Period. Like- he wears scarves. He has curly blonde hair. I get it. Yeah. She tur- She should have turned a blind eye. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, he kissed her on the cheek, too. You know? I mean, yes, it's flirty, but yeah. Don't be so judgy on your friend. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what she's going through. I mean, really, I don't think they really did, because... There probably wasn't time. Andy didn't have time. It was because Andy was a pick me. <laughs> yeah. So Which I'm still mad. Why? Brie. Because like we we've gone through this ongoing thing where like you're my only female friend, really. Uh-huh. And like I feel like people assume I'm a pick me. But why? Do I don't you, do know. Do you keep telling people you're not like other girls? Because no. if anyone's a pick me, maybe it's me. You know, I just had a whole moment when you were telling me like about Andy and I'm like, is that me? Because like, I don't think I'm saying to pick me, but I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm not like other girls. So is that correlate? Does it have to exist? Pick me is like, what does that e- I don't, mean so much? Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Like, depends. I need to take a quiz really out depends. there just to solidify whether I am or not because now yeah. I'm insecure. <laughs> am I a pick me? <laughs> you're like probably if you're asking the question, yeah. <laughs> you are a pick me. <laughs> oh. Um, Brie, you're not a pick me. Okay. No, like you're definitely not. I I'm might like, don't be. pick me. Please. <laughs> I might be a pick me. Yeah. I don't know. Um, um, can we talk about the fashion Yes. Of it all. Oh my god, yes. Let's do it. Okay. First of all, Nigel. When he gives Andy the makeover, mm-hmm. I think it's like right before, but he talks about how fashion's greater than art because mm-hmm. you live in it. Spoke to me. So hard. Yes. No, I really, I liked what he said too because he was like, um, 
I just I liked how he was just like schooling her and just being like, you don't know who's walked these halls. Like it's an inspiration and just Well like to a kid like me from Rhode Island who's gay and like whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That part got I was like, wow, yeah. Like tell her like you know? Yeah. Like it's insulting. Yeah. You can't just go up and that's another lesson. Don't go up in a job and act like you're better or you you know what I mean? Like he was kinda right. Like she wasn't really trying, like she wasn't, she was, you know what I mean? Sometimes you gotta just drink For the sure. Kool-Aid. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> I do think, though, like, this movie does a really good job of talking about how fashion is art mm-hmm. and how it means a lot to people and how it affects certain things. And, like, just, like, on a personal level, like, fashion isn't always just fluff. Or it can be, but it means something to someone. And, you know, I love how – I just love the way that they talk about fashion in this movie. It is sort of like a love letter to it. Yeah. Because, like, I know when they were making it, I know, like, because of the Anna Wintour feel of it all, you know, you know, it was like, oh, no, is she going to like it? Is this, like, a diss on Vogue? Is this whatever? Yeah. And it's, like, not. It's not. And, um – I read somewhere they were saying, like, she wasn't invited to the premiere, but she showed up. In Prada. In Prada, yeah, because she knew she was in on the joke. And then her daughter was like, oh, they got that right, like, to her. They're like, oh, yeah, that's you up there. Like, basically, like, and just kind of, it was, like, playful, you know? I read that, too. And I read that, like, you know, Anna Wintour is, like, notorious for leaving things when she gets bored, which, that's iconic behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Um she stayed it like and her daughter recalled that the movie got her i love that yeah i'm glad that they decided to make it the way they did and not like a parody or like a zoolander situation because i think they were considering that direction (laughs) and i'm like eh. they took it because like i don't know it is like a love letter to fashion like but then also dismissing like it brings up fair criticisms i love this movie is like nuanced in some ways, and I really under like I I see it, I get it. Um, oh, but the fashion of it all—we were gonna talk about the fashion, Do we- dude. Brie, yeah. When Andy gets that makeover, and the needle drops, mm-hmm. in Vogue by Madonna starts playing. Yeah. And it's Andy walking through the streets, and it's like every time she like hails a cab or crosses the street, her outfit changes. Yep. Ah, so good. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that first outfit too. Like just like all the layers that she has, and like the skirt, and she has like I don't know if it's like a crest of some sort. Like there's like pops of gold. Like she she just looks styling, and she has all these different hats that she ends up wearing. Like. You know, like in these cut scenes, like you said, when she's like hailing the cab, she just looks so, so good. And then the, she gets the bangs and then she she wears like a lot of like tights with these like kind of slouchy boots. The Chanel boots? The Chanel boots. Oh, yes. Yes, she is. Oh, those those boots get me. I do love the Chanel in this film. Um, the, the, the newsboy caps. Mm, yeah. But, like, in that montage specifically, my favorite look is the white look with the newsboy cap. Like, the white trench coat. Yes. Have you worn this look? Because I feel like I've seen you in something similar. 
Well, Brie, I spent my whole life trying to emulate Andy Sachs post-makeover. Yeah. So probably. You've had these kind of like trench coat situations. Would you call them a trench coat if they're like wool? Like a waist I don't know. Just a wool coat, I guess. A wool coat, I guess. But love that one. I love the Kelly Green. Oh, nope. Okay. The one you're showing me right now is it's so underrated in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like the long layered necklaces, the black, the black tights, the black boots. I do feel like this is the closest to my personal style. Mm, I could see that. But I love that one. I love the Kelly Green coat. Um, oh, you mean with the with the black the, and white giraffe? I love that too. What's your favorite outfit in general from this movie? In general, other than that, honestly, the Kelly Green coat stands out. Um, some of these outfits are quick. Like I don't really remember this one, but I like that's it. at the end. Oh, the end where she has the um, it's like a brown leather jacket, jeans, and like. Brown leather boots. She, I don't know. She, I like these long necklaces too. She has, but this is honestly, I kind of, I liked this this dress. I don't know if this is my favorite, but it's like that green dress with the wide belt when she's like trying to get like the manuscripts for the Harry Potter. That one's good. Yeah. Well, Anne Hathaway. I feel like brunettes in olive green can't go wrong. But she had another look. I think you know what it is—the look where she's um. It's like a green dress. Hold on. I'm trying to remember now. She has so many different outfits. Like, I know... I think it's the fashion week where she goes to, like, the dinner where they all sit down and they make announcements for, like, who's going to be the next editor-in-chief and all that good stuff. And she's sitting next to Nigel. It's like she has, like, a little... um, It's not a bolero, but it's... It's black. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Well, she has the red lip, too. Um, It's... I don't know what it's called. It's very like, it's like a Grace Kelly slash like Audrey Hepburn moment. You know, it's that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. Someone did a drawing of it. Is that one? Yeah, it's like puffy though. It's structured. Yeah. I love that look. Yeah, I feel like that one and the um, the initial, like the makeover look are probably my favorites. Like those are the top two for me. Okay, Patricia Fields really did the damn thing with this movie, though. Yeah. She made it happen. Like, she didn't take Emily to Paris quite yet, but she was still providing the looks. Thank goodness for her. Because, like, I know a lot of people, like, a lot of designers and, like, didn't they not want to get involved because of the lore around mm-hmm. it? They're like, oh, Anna Wintour. Oh, we don't want to, like, piss her off. And But Patricia Fields has a hookup. Yeah. She's the best. She really is. I th- I think as far as costume designers, she's my favorite. I know there's like Colleen Atwood and, you she's know. She's good. Yeah. Whatever. But Patricia Field, like, it's because Sex in the City. Yeah. Truly. But this movie as well. I don't know. Just, I love um the way she, she does high-low dressing very well. Yeah. But it's also like she, um. She has a way of making the costumes for each specific character look lived in in a way. Or not like lived in as in like, I guess just like they would actually wear that. There's an element because she has such 
great personal style mm. and like unique personal style where in turn her costume design also shows that. It's like a story. Like she can tell a story with the outfits. Mm-hmm. I think you're right because you're like, oh, that character would wear that. Like you're right. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I love, I do love her personal style. Like she's kind of quirky and cool and just, I don't know. She's like, she, personal style wise, she really reminds me of like, um, her and like Betsy Johnson have like the same. Yeah. I love her energy. too. <laughs> Man. I feel like I need to step up my fashion game after watching this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> kind of same. I'm like, oh, tomorrow I might, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, show up and show out. Yeah, right? Um, what else? Oh, you know what I loved, though, when they do the show, I think it's like, um, what is the designer's name? That, the fictional designer dude. That they do, like, the showcase for. Like, when the designer's bringing out the styles for Miranda Priestly. Yeah. Well, anyways... I love the line, like, where, where you know, like, um, Nigel's, like, I'm saying like, like, 10,000 times. Um, but when Nigel says, like, oh, she, she'll nod once if she likes it. She'll, you know, do, oh, purse yeah. her lips if she hates it. Yeah. And I love how they say, um, like, the only smile Miranda's ever given was Tom Ford 2001. I know. I thought that, too. I, like, wrote that down because we, like, we talked about that. We had a whole same. episode about it. Like Tom Ford and Runway or not Runway, <laughs> um, Vogue. Vogue. <laughs> I'm getting Vogue. confused. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. Yeah, it makes sense. I wonder if that's a nod to that connection as well. Because wasn't she responsible for getting him involved in Vogue as well, or like they had a working relationship? Tom Ford and who? Anna Wintour. I think so. Yeah, it was like that time of. The melding of all the... All the things. All the things. Fashion and celebrity. I don't know if you listen to the Vogue uh, podcast as well. That'll... you know, Vogue, Vogue in the 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Such a good one. That's what it made me think of anyway. And just when we talked about Tom Ford. I know. I was like, ooh, I understand this reference. Something that I, <laughs> I feel like when we... Like watching it in the past, I overlooked that yes. little tidbit. Well, like also, I know like the Cerulean speech is like one of the most popular speeches in the movie like pieces of dialogue um and that's not true like that's not a thing um you mean as far as people quoting it or like no like um she's talking about the 2002 oh what, what collection like um, that's made up from like is it calvin Cl- no is it it wasn't dolce and gabbana but it was someone's fall 2002 collection that Miranda Priestley in the movie makes a reference to. Yeah. Which was big and cer- like the Oscar de la Renta. Like Oscar de- Yeah. That's not act like that's not a real thing. That's just like the writer, you know, writing. Oh. Some dialogue. Because I think Meryl Streep, if I can get the story right, Meryl Streep was like, I think, like they cut out something, like some monologue and. Meryl Streep was like, no, we need to bring that back to show kind of the importance of fashion. So I think Meryl Streep did have a a hand in elevating this movie a lot, like you were saying. Yes. But yeah, uh, Aline Brush McKenna, like, wrote this monologue. It's like a whole page and presented it to Meryl Streep and they, like, filmed it and 
you know. I love that. But it's all made up. Yeah. There was no like 2002 like collection. <laughs> so if we look Cerulean. back, <laughs> dang. But the 2001 Tom Ford collection. That's accurate of a reference. Well, kind of. I mean, Miranda Priestley's not a real person. But if she was, she would have smiled. She would. We know it. She would have been like, "Wow, okay." At least she would have been like, "That's sexy." <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It might have made her blush. It wouldn't have made her actually blush, but she'd be blushing on the inside. She'd be like, this is actually groundbreaking. <laughs> Write this down. These aren't florals for spring. <laughs> but, oh, man. My God, we've covered so much. I know we were like all over the place, but. Can I give you one more little fun fact? Yeah. You can give me 10 more fun facts. Okay. I don't know if I have exactly 10, but, <laughs> but I can give you what I have. Um, yeah. Bring it on. Okay. So. Meryl Streep, you know how she has those glasses in this movie, like the big kind of framed glasses and stuff, her signature look? She got to keep the glasses and actually uses them in Mamma Mia as a prop when she plays Donna. So she does? Next time we watch Mamma Mia, just be on the lookout for the glasses because, yeah. I thought that was really cool because I know like some of the people donated their stuff after or like I guess you get to keep some things maybe but like I think that was the only thing she kept was the glasses and donated the rest but like I just think that's cool and and she took it with her I don't know I love Mama Meryl Streep and, we, and how much you love Mama Mia so I was like oh my god oh I love that yeah I mean as far as other fun facts um I know that there was like a I don't know if it's exactly a cameo, if it's, like, in a photo, but I know that there's, like, you know when Anne Hathaway has that moment where she looks at, like, her family, but she has that reflective moment, you know? she's There's, like, a photo of her parents, and it's, like, her actual, like, mom in real life in the photo. Like, the dad Aww. is her... Like, dad in the photo, dad, the yeah, film. The, yeah. Film dad. I don't know what you call <laughs> that. I don't know. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, Meryl Streep's daughter was in, in the movie, but they cut her scene. She was going to be like a barista or something, but I guess they didn't have time or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, they were originally going to do like when Andy missed Nate's birthday, they were going to have it at like a concert or do like some kind of big to do. And then they cut that and just decided to go with the cupcake because budget. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I feel like that has a good impact. I feel like that was a good choice because. It's a little more personal, you know. They didn't need to go to a concert. Well, I also feel like I like that because she does miss his birthday completely. Yeah. It just shows kind of like the, I don't know how to word it. but the, Oh, the, like it wasn't like she was just late. Like it was completely, like she didn't make it at all. Yeah, and she had to rush after the event with like, Miranda. Yeah. To get a cupcake and a candle. And it was like she was trying, but like she wasn't. She was doing the best she could, kind of. Like it, it, it kind of is kind of symbolic of where her and Nate are at. Yeah. And where Andy's at as far as life outside of work. Like all she can muster up, all she can actually do is get a cupcake and a candle. Yeah. I no, like it. I'm glad it, I'm glad they went with that instead because. I just think it's better. Sorry, I know this is probably ASMR me moshing <laughs> around in my bean bag. That's no, okay. Like what else? Um, 
Can we talk about the box office? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the box office. Okay. So, Brie. Yeah. Can you guess what was number one the weekend of June 30th, 2006? Was it Devil Wears Prada? Or was that one, like, second? It was second. second. But what was first? Um, I'm trying to remember what movies were out there. Um, 2006. Um, Can I get a hint? It's a very popular series slash franchise. Harry Potter? Character. <laughs> no, not in the- This movie technically did well at the box office. Super- no, Spider-Man. Superman. You were right the first time. <laughs> it's Superman Returns. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, like, regarded as a bomb. Like, it never produced any sequels or anything. But... It didn't, like, do terribly. Actually, you know what? Now, I know this has nothing to do with anything, but, like, you know, there's, like, Batman movies or Spider-Man movies, but we don't see a lot of Superman movies, except that weird one with Superman and Batman and whatever that was, that mess. Oh, like the Henry Cavill. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. That movie's weird. But, I mean, Superman, yeah. What happened to him? He flopped? I think Superman's in his flop era. <laughs> I also think, like... Like after Christopher Nolan with Batman, it it's like, do we in two thousand twenty two or even two thousand fifteen, do we want to see like a dude in a cape on screen? Like we've made Captain America it's, pretty cool. Can we make Superman cool though? He can't be that sexy, and you're right. His outfit needs to change. Like he wears underpants over his his stuff. Like, how do you make that chic? Yeah, you're right. Batman. They made him like more muscular and more like kind of sexy armor and dark and kind of broody and like he always kind of has been, but like even more so. And then, but Superman, how do you make that sexy? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it is. There's no sex appeal with Superman. Or like cool or cool. Like, yeah, is Superman cool? I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, number two is The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Can you guess what number three is? We both don't like this movie. We both don't like it? Is yeah. it something we've watched recently? No, I don't think we've seen this in a really long time. We haven't talked about it. we both don't it. like it. We both talked about it kind of recently because we don't like it. And it's unnecessarily sad. Oh, dang. Is it animated? No. It's with people. And it's unnecessarily sad. Summer 2006. People um, really like this movie. People like this movie. We don't like this movie. No. It's unnecessarily sad. Okay. Um, Does it start out sad? No, it's a comedy, technically. Okay. Can I get like the first letter or something? C. Hmm. Stars Adam Sandler. Click. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a sad movie. I don't care what anybody says. That movie is, it, it'll get you. I don't know if I don't like it or if I just don't like that it makes me sad. Because I remember thinking at certain points it's a good movie, but it's unnecessary. It, it, it doesn't have to be that sad. It's supposed to be fun. It's kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that movie also makes me sad. But it, I think it has a happy, I don't know if it does. But there's like, there's a lot of fun and comedy. But I don't remember Click being all that funny. I remember being way more sad than funny. I think Click is more existential, too. Yeah, I think it's just because you 
for me, it's like, I don't want to see Adam Sandler unless it's a punch drunk love situation. And like, I know, you know what I mean? Or it's like rain over me or like uncut gems. If Adam Sandler is doing those roles, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see him act. I'm not like ready to see him be serious in like an Adam Sandler comedy. No. He just like breaks down and cries and you're like oh my god whoa i wasn't prepared i thought this was supposed to be funny where's his hawaiian shirt yeah i don't like this with jeru i'm like when's rob schneider gonna pop out because this is like bullshit yeah damn Um, i haven't thought about that movie in a while but i think it comes in my mind like every so often i'll just think about it for like a blip of time every time i look at a remote i'm like oh you have flashbacks (laughs) yeah uh number four it's the movie of the summer that was, came out in 2002. Damn it. But it also starts with a C. This was like the movie of the summer in my mind. I mean, not because I liked it. Just because marketing. Movie of the summer. Um, Cats and Dogs. Was that 2006? See, I don't remember. 2000, like, okay. 11? I don't know, Nick. Cars. Oh. I don't know if I ever saw Cars. I remember being old. thinking like, oh, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've only seen previews and there was a part of me that's like oh that looks kind of cute and cool but then the older you get the less and less you want to watch it see i had a younger brother that was like a baby wasn't he really into the trucks and stuff or something he was really into cars yeah just like lightning mcqueen but number five is a movie i haven't seen i don't want to see it all right what about have i seen it Maybe. Probably. I, you probably like it. I've heard, People love this movie. Like, I never realized people love this movie until recently. But it's, like, informative to people. Like, our age's childhood. Kind of like how I love Napoleon Dynamite. Huh. Is it, like, a, a like coming of age? Or it's a comedy. It's comedy. Starring Jack Black. Oh, are you talking about um, School of Rock? No, that's probably not the right year, is it? Like, yeah, I'd be really bad at trivia. <laughs> I like School of Raw. I know. I was like, huh, maybe. Nacho Libre? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Honestly, that movie didn't do it for me, but I don't know. School of Rock was earlier, wasn't it? 2003. 2003. Iconic, though. Which, School of Rock's directed by Richard Linkletter, which oh. is weird to me. Huh. I thought it was Jack Black. I don't know why. I'm like, he's the mastermind behind this, right? You know, honestly, I think that too. Like, in my mind, I think Jack Black directed School of Rock. He directed Shallow Hal in my mind. He also directed Nacho Libre. Yeah. And he also directed The Holiday. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not Nancy Myers. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense if you look back at it. Like, how realistic, you know what I mean? I mean, okay, in the holiday, Jack Black really comes out on top. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's a little suspicious. I know. Jack <laughs> Black just ghost writes. <laughs> Here, ghost directs. Right. Uh, I just keep thinking about that quote that I saw on TikTok where he's like, uglies, sometimes uglies are pretty on the inside and pretty's ugly on the inside or i don't know what he's something like that he's like that's what nate tells andy in this movie basically yeah like sometimes the hotties are oh the hotties yeah 
are hotties on the outside, but not on the inside. And sometimes they're hotties on the inside, but not on the outside. Yeah. I don't know. But sometimes hotties are all over hotties. Yeah. It's <laughs> like points at himself. Me. Oh. You. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what Nate meant. <laughs> I think that's what Nate meant. Oh, man. And I think when Andy threw the phone away mm-hmm. into the fountain in Paris, she restored her hottie. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point of this movie. <laughs> yes. We've got it. <laughs> but yeah. Well. Yeah, anything else? Final thoughts before we wrap this baby up? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I've learned a lot tonight just watching this movie with a critical eye. I feel like I feel like I understand a lot of things. You know? Understand life. Understand life, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to be in your messy era? I am, yeah. Okay. How about you? Same. I love this movie. This yeah. movie is always going to be a comfort movie for me. And I don't know, but I'm tired. I'm so tired. Same. Yeah. I, I don't really have anything else. I'm, I think we've covered it. Covered it from our H to T. H to T from our Chanel newsboy cap to our Chanel boots. <laughs> yep. That, yes, she is wearing. But thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at the Late to the Party Pod on all platforms. Yeah, well, except Twitter, which is LTT Pod. Yeah. Yeah. LTTP Pod. That's right. But yeah. Um, thank you guys. Um, leave us a review if you'd like. Yeah, rate and review. Follow us. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>